Hi, welcome to the Get to Yes podcast. This special series focuses on a topic that's affecting every business in our industry right now, COVID profitability. This new series is designed to help hair, beauty and aesthetic business owners survive by building a profit-based COVID recovery plan. Neil Osborne from The Sales Catalyst is our host. He teaches, coaches, consults and speaks on business subjects that help hair, beauty and aesthetic businesses how to become commercially clever. Throughout this special series, Neil talks with a variety of industry experts who share business tips to help you navigate your way out of COVID and beyond. His goal is to help build the financial strength of our industry. He'll be discussing in simple industry language important elements in a profit-based COVID recovery plan. We'll cover ways to manage the big costs in your business and make a profit, where your cash flow and profit is and how to keep some of it in your pocket, what your figures mean and how to influence them, how to benchmark your business figures against industry averages and how to communicate and negotiate with your landlord. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to yet another episode of Get to Yes. And listening to us today, you're going to actually have a tremendous experience, and that is an experience of somebody who has walked the pathway of difficulty to ultimately turning around and sharing some success. And my guest today is Jennifer, Jennifer McKinley. Uh, Her brand is called Core Silver. It's actually a skincare brand, and it's an international brand. And the beauty about it all is that Jennifer's based in New Zealand and has done a tremendous job in expanding it worldwide. So join with me and welcome Jennifer this morning. Lovely to have you. Morning. How are you? Hi, Neil. I'm great. How are you? Really well, thanks. And you're over in New Zealand, aren't you? I am. I'm in uh, beautiful, sunny Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, Lovely. We just won the America's Cup again. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's with those funny things they call boats, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, as you can tell by my photograph in the background, I am a bit of a sailor. Uh, but I, I'm, I really struggle with acknowledging that these things they're sailing these days are actually boats. They're, they're more like planes, aren't they? They really are. I mean, it was just incredible. I, but, to be honest, I hope that they don't start going backwards because, mm. you know, they're just extraordinary in terms of the technology and oh. it, was, it was just such an exciting regatta. I love yes. it. Yes, yes. I, well, we, we could talk for hours about sailing. Yeah. I'm a very passionate sailor, but our job today is to talk about something else and that is to talk about business and to have a bit of a chat about some of the experiences that you've had. You've been on a really tremendous pathway here and when we spoke the other day, you were sharing with me that you'd build a skincare brand, basically. Uh, you were over in the States and you would build a skincare brand and that you were taking it around the world but discovered a few challenges along the way. Maybe that's a nice place to start the story for our listeners today. Yeah, lovely. So um, I started the company uh, over a decade ago mm-hmm. and was just, you know, growing, growing, growing pretty rapidly, actually. So oh, it's, yeah. a, mm-hmm. it's a very niche brand, Core Silver. Mm-hmm. Likely no one in your audience has heard of it. Um, but it, it's a treatment line and it's quite high end. And so we were growing it. And I, I always say we. And yet, really, it was just me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so um, just growing, growing, growing the brand around mm. the world, you know, had 
great success, won a bunch of awards right from the outset. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, with some really incredible publications like Self Magazine over in the States, Mm -hmm. it was uh, awarded the best skincare cleanser from, you know, their readers. Like right at the beginning, um, we got into places like Harrods and Harvey Nichols in the UK, um, Stanley Korshak, where it still is today, you know, um, in Dallas. Uh, And then in Japan, Takashi Maya, you know, Lane Crawford in Hong Kong. So really, really high-end retailers all around the world. And That's fantastic. I know. It was just growing Mm. like gangbusters. Yeah. And the revenues as a result were just increasing, increasing, increasing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And... But the problem was there just wasn't enough profitability in the brand. Okay. And Mm -hmm. the way that, you know, we were growing the business, myself and the the virtual team that I had, so sales reps, PR agency, et cetera, at the end of every month I would get to, you know, paying all of the bills and there was never enough left over for myself. And so it started becoming really disheartening to me. You know, I come Mm. from a big business background. I mm-hmm. have an um, MBA degree from a prestigious university in the States. And uh, I had been doing the big corporate career before I decided to go out on my own and start my own company. Right. And so it was sort of, um, you know, I was a little bit embarrassed, to be honest. It's like, hang mm. on a minute, like I'm doing everything that we're told to do in terms of grow, grow, grow the top line revenue. That's it. And the profitability is just not coming. And, uh, you know, I could be making more money working as a barista at Starbucks at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. 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 Now, how, did, how did that make you feel? I, I'm, I've, I've been through a similar journey, albeit very differently, but how did that make you feel when you were working, you know, putting in so many hours and, and, and so passionate about a beautiful brand, but just there's no money left at the end? I mean... Uh, that must have really played with your mind. It certainly did. It was it was sort of humiliating. I had a lot of shame around it, and I didn't really, you know, mm. share what was going on mm. um, with anybody. And mm. I remember I had this moment where, uh, you know, it was, it was coming up to our five re, five year reunion yep. at uh, the university that I got my graduate degree at, which, you know, for your listeners was Yale University. So, oh wow, you know, okay, yes, yeah. we've all heard of that one. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and so I was getting ready to fly back to uh, New Haven to attend the five year reunion, mm. and so many of my classmates you know were flying at that point they were flying in on private jets and so forth (laughs) (laughs) and here I was I had been at New York Fashion Week doing some stuff down there and I was getting on the train so Mm. no private jet for me getting on the the jolly train and I had this moment where I was like I don't even know if I can go because Mm. I'm so embarrassed about my Mm. financial situation oh wow Yeah. yeah Yeah, so that was definitely sort of a come-to-Jesus moment. Um, And then the other moment I had was, uh, you know, sort of about five years into the business and our big trade show is Cosmoprof in the Mm -hmm. beauty industry. Yep. And so I was in Hong Kong at um, Cosmoprof and I was going around having meetings, like, you know, learning about new ingredients and new Mm -hmm. technologies and getting, I love doing product development. And so 
really having all of these wonderful ideas about where I wanted to take the brand and Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do in terms of product development. But then getting back to the hotel room every night and thinking, well, you know, that's just a pipe dream at this point because I don't have enough cash to be able, I don't have enough cash flow to be able to invest in new products. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so that was really depressing for me because, Mm -hmm. you know, the brand on the outside looked like I was living this amazing life, like, you know, flying around the world, um, getting into places like Harrods, getting Mm. all of these awards, being written about in the press all the time, getting incredible reviews from my customers as well because, you know, it's a treatment line and it really works. And yet I was like, I don't know if I can keep going. I, Mm. I just don't know if I can keep doing this. That's an absolutely exhausting point, isn't it? And and it's not just physically exhausting, you're mentally and emotionally just drained. Exactly, exactly. I I had the sense of obligation as well that Mm -hmm. was probably a little misplaced Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, the the customer base was so loyal at this point and, you know, I would get emails from customers and phone calls saying, never, ever stop making these products (laughs) because you've changed my life. Oh, wow. So I had this sense of obligation and yet I just kept thinking, you know, I'm going to end up in the poorhouse if I keep keep staying in business. So, yeah, it was really... So what was the solution? How how did you turn the corner? That's a very difficult place to come back from. Yeah. So one of the things I was doing when I was at that trade show was listening to podcasts as I was going around, walking around the trade show. Okay. Because yep. I'm a podcast junkie. And I was listening <laughs> yep. to one uh, podcast. It was an entrepreneurial podcast. I don't even remember which one it was now. Mm. But someone mentioned the Mike McCallowitz Profit First System. Okay. And yep. he described it in, you know, 60 seconds. And I, it just hooked me. And I thought, oh, that, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, let me look into that a little bit more. So I actually went back, to, you know, that room that night to the hotel room yep. and bought the book on Audible and then spent the rest of the trade show listening to that. And okay. it immediately made intuitive sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, you know, sort of going back to the hotel room and actually bursting into tears. Yep. Because it seemed so simple and so intuitive. Mm-hmm. And I'm a smart person and I actually really do like accounting and bookkeeping and numbers. <laughs> and I just thought I should have known better. I wish I'd yeah. done this right from the beginning. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. So yeah. So that was the moment. Um I immediately implemented it because at the end of the day it is easy to implement if you yes. stick to it. And it just really changed my life. It really, yeah. really did. That's not an understatement. So if I could just ask there, when you say implement, uh, was it something you did quickly or, or how long did it take you to actually put this process into place, do you think? Um, well, because I, you know, as I said, I, I do like numbers and yep. um, I am my own bookkeeper. Um, yep. So I, I knew after listening to the book exactly, you know, sort of what I needed to do. And okay. in, in the book, there's a quick start way of going mm-hmm. about it. So I actually emailed my bank mm-hmm. from the hotel in Hong Kong mm-hmm. and um, said, this may sound really weird, but can you please open these five business accounts for me? Mm-hmm. And when I get back, I'll, you know, sort of come in and sit down and explain what I'm doing. Yep. So the accounts were um, profit, 
owners pay taxes. Yep. Uh, I did one for um, inventory purchases. I was going to ask about that. That's a very clever one. Good on you. Yeah. yeah. And then operating expenses. Yep. And yep. so I kept the, the original bank account as my, what I call income focus. So I kept that yep. as my income account and mm. then opened up the other five. Mm. Mm. And then, so th- that was, you know, that was the first step. And then then there's some work to be done to really figure out what your true profitability is from a cash yeah. perspective. So that, that's, a, you know, a, a, an important administrative step. Yeah. There's so many people I speak to who read the book and have done nothing, and yet yeah. there's others who read the book and just implement literally straight away, just like you did. And I really admire that because as we've learned over all the years, the doing is where the gold lies. It's, it's taking yeah. action, isn't it? It's actually yeah. doing something rather than saying, I'm going to do it, <laughs> which, you know. Uh, as we say here in Australia, gunners never go anywhere because they're too busy gunnering. <laughs> I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. So it's fascinating to see that you've just picked it up and implemented. So what sort of impact did it have on the brand and, and what sort of impact did it have on the business? Because I can imagine, you know, it's a fairly sizable structure you were working with. Yeah, well, so what it really focused me in on was that operating expenses account. Like how was I, yep. how was it that at the end of every month, you know, there was plenty of revenue coming in, mm-hmm. but how was it that at the end of every month there was never anything left over for me? Yeah. And, um, you know, and at the end of the day, I am my company's most important employee. Ah, and at the end yes. of the day, without me, you know, I, 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 it's hard for me to say that because it sounds like I'm very collaborative and so on. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, without me, the company would not go on. And so really sort of having that, starting to put just 1% into my profit account, mm-hmm. 1% into my owner's pay account. That's how I got going, like, you know, right away. Oh, wow. That's tremendous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and isn't it amazing? Did you feel the mental shift that happened at that point? Uh, yeah. I, uh, I went through a similar experience with COVID last year. And once I started to put my accounts into place and started to, you know, decide on what my percentages were going to be, because everyone's different, as you know, um, this is the psychological shift in your self-worth. Yeah. And that's the thing I love most about the system is that it's, it really is, it deals with human nature and how it shifts you and makes you. And all of a sudden I started coming to work going, well, actually I, I am, you, as you've said, I am the most important employee, not the guy on the end of the list after everyone else gets paid. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And and it was funny, you know, that profit account, that 1%. Mm, so, mm, you know, mm. at the first profit distribution at the end of the quarter that paid yeah. for a mani pity, honestly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> but then, you know, fast forward and, yeah. uh, you know, that was paying for a, a holiday to Cuba, you know, obviously yep. pre-COVID days. But, yes. Yes. you know, paying okay. for a vacation to somewhere like Cuba with cash. Yeah. And, so uh, did, that, um, did that slow down the growth of the business or it did, it, you know, what, what effect did it have on this growing company you had? Well, okay, so here here was something really interesting, Neil. So I actually shrunk the company before I oh. started growing again. Okay. So what, what it sort of really um, showed me was mm. that I was growing unsustainably and so yep. I was going to go out of business because yeah. it, 
the company was growing too quickly for the amount of cash that was, you know, really needed. Mm. Um, and I and I find this a lot, you know, sort of with a consumer product company where the inventory purchases, you know, every time you buy ingredients, every time you place an order with the factory, um, that's tens of thousands of dollars. And mm-hmm. so by continuing to do product development, by continuing to invest mm. in, in markets or products that are just not that profitable, the company was going to go out of business. So what it really had me do was pause, have a look very strategically at where is the profitable growth coming from. And so I pulled out of Russia. I pulled out of Japan. Mm -hmm. I discontinued a couple of unprofitable products. And so I actually shrunk the company in terms of revenue size. Mm-hmm. to get that stability in, to get that profitable growth, you know, profitable cash coming into the business. Yep. And now I'm at the point where, you know, the, the the business is running so nicely that I am actually starting to expand again. But it wow. took me um, that moment to say, you know what, I can't sustain this. I need to shrink mm. to just steady the boat before yep. I can then start, you know, forging into new seeds again. Yeah, I uh, I can really relate to that, uh, Jennifer. I had a distribution business many years ago and I was importing product um, from Tony and Guy in, in London. Um, and it was a constant battle to keep up with paying for that next shipment. And it like it was like everything had to go on hold just so you could pay for that shipment. Yep. And it was a, a really draining experience. So I can really relate to the pressures that you must have been under there. It's, yeah. Uh, and to pull out of countries, I mean, that's, a, that's not an easy decision. It's not. And especially given they were so prestigious, um, mm, you know, mm. from the outside, it's like, you know, so in Russia, I was in, you know, like the top department store that's right oh. on the Red Square. Right. Um, in Japan, I was in Takashimaya and Mitsukoshi and like these, and the Peninsula Hotel, like these mm. really, really prestigious accounts. Wow. And I just got to the point where it's like, it doesn't matter what it looks like from the outside. Mm. Mm. If this is yep. going to survive, I yep. need to, you know, just write what's, you know, I need to get the inside of the company working yep. properly. Yeah, and this is the old argument. Uh, you know, there's the, the old saying that says, uh, you know, turnover is vanity, profit is sanity. You know, yeah. and, and it's so true because it's what you get preoccupied with, with allowing what other people see of you. And if all you're interested in doing is letting people see how successful they think you are, man, that's a very dangerous road, isn't it? And, and um, you know, being able to sleep of a night time is all about actually having a profitable business that's structured right. So many of us work so hard for so little. That's right. Yeah. 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 So how long ago was that transition for you? What sort of time frame was that? Um, um, so I put it into place immediately. Um, yeah. It took me probably about two, two and a half years Right. to eradicate the debt that I had built up. Oh, yeah. Right. So that yeah. was actually, so in terms of uh, profit first is 
that's a little cheesy, but it's really mm-hmm. cool. There's a saying, you know, when in doubt, open an account in yeah. terms of bank <laughs> accounts. Yeah. And so in addition to those ones that I, you know, sort of emailed my banker about, I also um, implemented a debt color account. Mm-hmm. I implemented a product development account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the debt killer, I allocated just every single week when I did my allocations, I allocated money to the debt killer account and just started chipping away at that debt. Well and done. so it took me, you know, it took me a couple of years to get rid mm-hmm. of that debt. But mm-hmm. then what's so cool is then you take that percentage allocation that was going to that. And once it's gone, it's gone then you can start, like, you know, putting it into other things. Um, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and then the other one, the product development, like I mm. said at the beginning, I love product development. You know, that sort of gets my creative juices going. Mm-hmm. And so, but to to actually launch a new product, you know, that's that's a big chunk of change, both in terms of actually the development time, the, um, you know, placing that first purchase order, doing all of the marketing, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Mm. So what I do now, whereas before I would sit down with a retailer and they'd say, okay, well, we love this this range of products. How about, you know, adding this in? And um, so I would just go start working on it without thinking where am I going to get the cash from? Mm. And then, uh, again, get into the point where it's like, well, shit, I can't. Oh, sorry. I just okay. So, you know, I couldn't actually pay myself because, again, I was, like, developing products that I really couldn't afford. And so now I just put aside money every single week when I do my allocations to product development. And, therefore, when I launch a new product, I know that I can afford it. It's already paid for. Yep, bingo. So yeah. you've actually already started to, uh, using accounting terms, you've been accruing the money. Um, yeah. So it's there when you need it rather than where am, how am I going to fund this? Yeah, mm. that's right. That's right. Mm. Yeah. So wow. it has been such a game changer. Um, you know, I, I've fallen back in love with my business. Um, oh, I, you know, I sort of run it on my own terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've decided that I don't want it to be a multi-million dollar company. Um, It's just, you know, I'm quite happy with having a lifestyle business. Um, Yeah, yeah. So I think that financial freedom that the Profit First system gave me has allowed me to make more conscious decisions about what do I actually want this business to do for me. Mm. And isn't that a, a moment of tremendous clarity? It's incredible yeah. where, you know, if I would have said, you know, we would have been having this conversation, you know, bumped into you at Hong Kong years ago and having this conversation and we would say, oh, look, one day, Jennifer, you're going to be in this position. You probably never would have realised that that could have been possible. No, no, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And and I would have been too ashamed to, uh, you know, yes. really let you, let you in on what was actually going on. So, yeah, yeah. 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 I uh, I can so relate to that. That that um that embarrassment that you you know you're a clever person and you think you should be running a successful business and everyone thinks you are but there's never any money left in the bank account. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a really difficult place to be. You know, I know there are many listeners uh, who is going to be listening to this podcast who can truly relate to that in so many so many different ways. So yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. So today, what countries is, is the brand in now? So um, it's still obviously around the, around the world. So where are your main yep. focus points for um, Core Silver? So the main focus points are North America, so the USA and Canada, and mm-hmm. um, also the UK, uh, yep. Spain, Italy, France. So those oh. are the big markets. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually just relaunched. So, you know, now that I've got that stability, I'm yep. actually now going back into Hong Kong. Um, oh. China's been a good market for me. Okay. Um, but going back into Hong Kong, but mm-hmm. in a different way. So mm-hmm. not going into Lane Crawford, not going into the, um, you know, the department stores, but right. doing it in a different way there. Okay. Um, similarly in Japan, going back in there, but in a different yep. way. So, yep. yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, and, and then Australia and New Zealand, because, um, you know, I'm actually living down in New Zealand now full time, running the mm-hmm. business from here as opposed mm-hmm. to being up in the United States physically. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Australia and New Zealand are on my list of places to really start entering into those markets. Yeah. And yeah. Running, it as a, running it as a lifestyle business, I have to ask, um, how many days a week, how many days a month, what sort of work balance do you have? Oh, my gosh. It's uh, it's a little embarrassing because it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, that New Zealand work ethic, it's like, oh, I can't really let people know how little I work. No, it's... Yeah. Um, it, yes. it has busy moments, but I would say on average, uh, well, let's put it this way. Um, my partner and I, we like to travel a lot, and now yep. we're like doing a lot of traveling around New Zealand and, mm-hmm. you know, doing things like um, going on, you know, the great walks where you don't have cell phone access, you don't have Wi-Fi yep. access. Wow. And so, um, so I'm able to do that, uh, you know, about four days is my mats. Yeah. Um, to be like completely unplugged before then, you know, dipping back in. But I spend probably about three hours a day working on the business. What really impresses me about this uh, sharing this story with us, Jennifer, is so many people aspire to having that lifestyle balance and yet so very few achieve it. And, you know, what it appears, and help me if I'm mis- misinterpreting this, but Profit first has been the gateway or the steps for you to make that transition. Is that been the? Oh yes, absolutely. Um, I think without profit first, if I if I had just kept on going mm. the way that mm. I was going, the the business wouldn't be around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So wow. it, it's that um, it's that black and white for me. Profit first was the game changer. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm so thankful for it. Yeah, that's tremendous. And I, I just, on behalf of our listeners, want to say a special thank you for sharing some of your time. It's a truly inspirational uh, and true story, of course, as to the journey you've walked. And for those that are uh, on board uh, being a listener, if you do want to start to get a little bit more involved, there's very simply two things that you can do. Firstly, uh, just drop me an email that has the word profit in it and we'll happily uh, send you a couple of uh, chapters of the Profit First book to get you started. Uh, or secondly, Uh, If you're really interested about uh, finding out all of the banks in Australia that have low fee or no fee bank accounts, so you can start to look at opening up some bank accounts, just drop me an email with the word bank in it, and we'll happily send out that list to you, which may help you start the journey so that you can follow 
that beautiful, successful path that Jennifer has paved. So Jennifer, thanks so much for sharing some time with us. Absolute delight. And uh, I look forward to seeing Core Silver around, uh, around Australia as well. So congratulations. Thank you, Neil. It's been so much fun talking to you today. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Thanks for your time. Okay, bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the special COVID profitability series of the Get to Yes podcast. If you like what you've heard, please share it with other people who also want a more profitable business. Until our next episode, you can visit Neil at thesalescatalyst.com.au.